The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. Welcome. Welcome back to the studio. Yeah. Young sir. Yeah, the studio. I am having a week. Having a week. having a week. Are you having a week? I am, but you know what? I'm ready. I'm energized. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'll I'll uh I'll infuse some energy through the the waves between us through the air. The, the waves between us. The, the matrix part, between the us. Matrix, yeah, I'm going to hack into it. The ones and zeros. The mainframe. Yep. I'm going to put some ones and zeros in there. Gonna and you're going to have it. serotonin just flowing through your I brain. I have so much serotonin flowing through my body at all points of time. I am just a bundle of joy, of energy, of enlightenment. Dare I say Wait, I'm happier are, than Gandhi? Are you speaking it into existence, as one would say? No, I'm I'm speaking facts. I saw the rage uh, on TikTok these days. The rage, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. I am going to own Manifestations. I'm going to own a 15,000 square foot home. Listen, my children I could will do all with have IQs four or five McLarens. Four or five McLarens? Yeah, no. yeah. And then, you know, once a no. pebble goes up and cracks a windshield and the windshield you costs $50,000 no. to replace, I'll probably start to cry and try to sell those McLarens. Yeah. But these days, a used McLaren will go for about the same price you paid for it to, like, well, who, Gary V, the only person who can probably <laughs> afford one. <laughs> Gary V. Hey, Gary V. <laughs> He's such a character. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know who Gary V is, I'm not going to explain it, so... Just there Google go. it and go, go down the rabbit it. hole. You'll find a lot, I promise. <laughs> a rabbit hole of Gary V. Yeah. It's just a bunch of It goes on for a long time. Screaming just you will personal be. advice for how to be a better person. Just screaming yes. into the microphone. Who knows? I, Videotape I mean, yourself 85 times in one day. Uh, That's how you become an influencer. You know the thing about people like him? These influencers who, especially, particularly these like financial guru mm-hmm. people, I'm not even going to stamp on what they're saying. I'm sure there's good nuggets of advice there. However, yeah. the energy they have, oh my gosh. Adderall. That's where <laughs> they get it from. I'm not joking. It's insane. They're so they're so intense. And I'll be a, a seven second clip and I'm like, wow, I, I that is more energy than I've had in the past 10 years in seven seconds <laughs> yeah and, and look i don't have a problem with the energy i can exhibit energy i am exhibiting energy now you are using the tool a, from gary v called energy psychosis oh, that's what i'm doing that's it's what a it's psychosis feel it's made up i'm making this i up. have to remember you were a theater kid at one point oh so you know God, how to act now i'm going through ptsd um <laughs> welcome to episode 34 of the wolf and bull uh hi i'm the wolf uh, and Beowulf. I am Beowulf. This, this Wolf and Bull podcast is going to be renamed to just Wolf Beowulf. and Beowulf. Just Beowulf. Or just, just, just be about Beowulf. you. Yeah, we're going to make it about the you. The Bull is around. He's just not here, but that's okay. He'll be back. I know you all miss his sultry tones. <laughs> he actually doubles as an announcer for Major League Baseball. So he's, he's actually currently going to the Super Bowl because he yeah. is... One um, of the speakers. He is the... 
He's the guy. Who, who is he? Uh, where are you going with this? <laughs> I was going to say he's the quarterback, but I don't know what the quarterbacks the quarterback? are. For the, for oh, the God. You don't even know. The Rams and the yeah. Yeah, Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow. I love Bengals sports. I love, love sp- sports. So sports. Go sports. Go sports. Yeah, well. This I is... know. I understand football. I just don't care about. Do you? I just don't care. Should we dive into your understanding? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all of my (laughs) adoring fans who were under the impression I was a huge football person. Ever since the Chargers abandoned the San Diego uh, realm, they're in legal trouble about that right now. They're getting sued. I know. They They left what 2017. That was the last professional NFL game. Professional, as in, (laughs) as opposed to unprofessional NFL game. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last football game I was ever at. Underground NFL. And I have watched all the Super Bowl since, and I haven't watched a full game since. I always just do. You even know what team Tom Brady was on? The Bucks. He was in Buccaneers. And before that, Patriots. And before that, no idea. He was the Patriots. It was a test. Um, he's oh. always been on the Patriots. He never was on the uh, Bucks. His well, heart whatever. was with Bill. I, I can appreciate the game. I know how the game works. I just yeah. do not care who wins or loses. Bunch of sweaty guys doing non. Well, doing consensual, non-weird guy things with the ball together in a big old pile. I can't say anything. I played football. I was going to say. Yeah, I stuck my <laughs> hand under you. another man's bum and got the football like every other quarterback. It was great. <laughs> um, well, again, uh, the bowl will be back uh, maybe episode 40. I guess that's a good yeah, good, good goal. Maybe, yeah. I mean, because I want to have him. We tried out the whole, you know, calling in thing and – Look, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him calling in. What I'm not okay with is the lack of auditory quality. The quality there, I tried my you best. You are all about quality. I am about quality. Sound engineering. I'm about quality. I want to be able to listen to. Uh, meanwhile, my audio is just like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about quality. You're damn doing it. the best with what you have, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's a pretty decent setup, and it'll get better. I got little, like, I got real creative early on, and you know that just kind of, you know, with music and add-ins, and then life took over, and now like I'm just juggling so many. I'm so busy, you know. Just you know, so do busy. you just look in the mirror sometimes and, and say, wonder at how least, I'm alive? Because I'm so at busy. least I'm such a good-looking guy. Wow. Well, this is episode 34, and my wife uh, Beowulf apparently loves me. Thank God. <laughs> Been wondering. Um. You know, just a quick reminder to everybody before we jump in this episode, you know, if you like what you're here and you think the wolf and bull, uh, Beowulf family should grow, give us a like, follow us on Instagram. And if you're feeling really nice, a five star rating on Apple Podcasts would be fantastic. Remember, uh, just as a heads up, we are actually humans. I know that you probably didn't know this, but I am not. A, uh, I'm not a self-aware wolf. I, I'm a human being. You're not a wolf slash robot. Yeah, AI I, yeah. Creature? I haven't reached the singularity within mm. the wolf species. I, I'm a human being. So is Beowulf. So is the bull. We do this in our spare time. So any assistance is greatly appreciated, even if it is just with a little bit of love. Sending a little bit of love our way <laughs> through the matrix. Zeros and ones, baby. I always, always wanted a family. Um, but you know, thanks so much, and you know, we really hope that you uh, enjoy this episode. We are going to talk about some very interesting things, um, and by things I mean one thing, and by one thing I mean a mass problem that I see in society. Now, uh, this is obviously the most accurate podcast of all time. We only speak the truth here, and I have giant quotes around every bit of that statement because uh, mm-hmm. this is all bias. So keep in mind, everything that we say in this podcast is one hundred percent accurate, sixty percent of the time. Mm. Um, Just like. Like the 
I took the that cologne? from somewhere. Yep. yep. I took that from somewhere. I'm not going to say where I did. Uh-huh. Um, I know. Yeah, that fits within copyright. I, I changed it, and it's... What is it? What are the, what's the terms? Free, copyright. It's free like, for use. Yeah, free. revolutionizing or something for use. You have to, it has to be yeah. revolutionary anywhere. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about narcissism uh, today. And the reason I want to talk about narcissism is because I'm in love with myself. And period. period. Just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, uh, I don't think that I am. I don't think I'm on a narcissist. I don't think I'm on the spectrum. You think I'm on the spectrum? You think I'm a narcissist? This is a test. It's not a test. This is a real question. <laughs> Are you you're asking me specifically? I, I, I don't think I'm there. I don't think so. Um, no, actually, I would say you're you're not a narcissist at all. Thank God. I don't Coming think from you a are. Narcissist. Are you a narcissist? I don't know. I don't think so. That's exactly what a narcissist would say. Um, I I really don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. And uh, you know what's interesting? The only reason I'm bringing this up outside of the large Excel sheet that I have of ideas to talk about, um, this being one of them. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of weird social media trends uh, where people like get into like instances of like danger with themselves and someone else and then they start filming like have you seen like the accident ones mm-hmm. like with reels where they get in like a car accident and then like the person like pulls out their phone oh, and starts like filming themselves um, sure. I've seen that which is strange um, obviously there's also like the daredevils who like climb up the buildings and stuff my, my reels I remember very, a specific yeah, adrenaline yeah I think it's always it always depends danger on, it, depends there's on who's nothing, looking at the algorithm the at the time. It is the most masculine reels selection. It is only violence and danger. Mine tends to be like houses soft, and good vibes. Yeah, soft, quiet mornings by a rainy window with tea steaming, and then rainy like window. What yeah, are you with talking like piano? about? That's what my reels. No, are. your reels are like mountain views, yes. and it's always. <laughs> that song plays in the background <laughs> and there's like song. somebody walking into like always a always for some reason a female walking into like a, a a pool that's like completely flat and there's like in the distance there's like a mountain and the ocean and then like an eclipsing star all at the same time and everyone's like oh where is that and they're like oh muncie muncie indiana and it's like yeah this gem i found um, yeah it's, it's, it's also, ridiculous you can picture yourself in their position oh you can oftentimes like you said that girl walking really? into a pool or yeah. whatever following someone hiking you don't see their face you just see the back of their head and you're supposed mm. to actually there was a study i i should probably i'll pull it up and put it on the you show better. notes you better but there was a study showing that pictures that do not show the face of whoever is in them tend to perform better sure um stat wise yeah because the people liking that photo or sharing it yeah they're yeah. visualizing um, think about an unrealistic know, goal dream existence. boards I, I've or vision boards. I've yep. made those before in the past. I have nothing against those, but you take pictures that other people have mm-hmm. places they've gone or things they've done that you want to do. And if their face isn't in it, it's easier for you to picture yourself in that position. Yeah. And look, I don't agree with you, um, but I do think <laughs> oh, that vision no. boards are great. I think vision boards are really great, and I think doing stuff like that is fantastic, like getting some solid goals um, you know, it, it written out and decided on are really good. I don't believe the very optimistically soaked description um, that a lot of people give with that stuff. Not in the sense that I, I don't think that it there's some credence there. I think that a lot of it has more to do with maybe the glorification of the existence of that particular blog traveler as opposed to actually providing people a way with being able to achieve that said thing. Um, in, especially since a lot of those things that people are doing are like 
advertisements for that particular area. So sure, that's always something to remember. A it's lot like going of these, to Hyatt and them giving you like the best room because you're going to review it. Like, well, obviously. that's exactly what happens. A yeah. lot of these people on Instagram, it doesn't even take a huge following. It just mm-hmm. takes a couple thousand and you can get invited to go places, yep. do things. Which, and your only trade-off is you need to post about it and we'll pay for your entire excursion, your which entire Which is great, but it's not a realistic... Entire stay. Yeah, it's not a realistic s- setting for a lot of people. But does that negate the fact... So say, you know... FTC says you need to disclose when something is the Federal Trade Commission. Yeah, when people don't always do exactly what they say, but you are supposed to disclose in captions and and stuff like that that you were either paid or this was a type of ad. Say you really do enjoy your experience. Mm-hmm. Does it matter? That you were paid at all. Maybe you're being honest. Sorry, I stopped listening. I was trying to think of creative ways to rebrand the FTC, like the uh, the fucking turd crappers, but that wasn't very good. Um, no, I I I, I was listening. I'm joking. Well, in different, um, in, well, I was I was also. They take it pretty far. It's not the FTC, I don't think, mm-hmm. but in Europe, a different leg of the same sort of thing, <laughs> different <NATO>. name. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, no, no. Um, I think it's in Germany. Even yeah. if, like, say an influencer is just taking, they're out with their significant other mm-hmm. getting coffee mm-hmm. and they get a picture of themselves and they're wearing sunglasses that are like Fendi sunglasses. I don't know. Sure. They're not paid and they're not being paid to promote Fendi sunglasses. And th- they were just enjoying a coffee and they liked how they looked that day and they took a picture and posted it. Mm-hmm. I think they are still required to disclose in the very beginning of their caption that it is an ad because they are wearing a name brand in the photo. Yeah, but I don't... Pretty sure that's a requirement, sure. I think, specifically in Germany. And, and I think, no, look, that's that's uh, it's a valid point. I get what you're saying and I don't disagree with the premise of doing that from a marketing perspective. They have to do that. They should. The problem is the human brain isn't... We're not our brain is not capable of distinguishing in a lot of ways. Um, some of the things that uh, social media and particularly marketing itself does as like a modus operandi MO right now, um, just because it, it, it's it, our brain like naturally doesn't function that way. So and the reason I bring up narcissism is because I've noticed, and obviously just a grain of salt for everyone listening, this is my personal opinion. And we're going to use some information here. That is interesting. It's interesting to discuss. Um, but, when it comes to narcissism, a lot of people do tend to um, to kind of you know somewhat misappropriate you know the the term itself for their own justification. So I maybe might be doing this. We might be doing this. Are we doing that? Are we doing that in the, this podcast? I'm not sure, but I do know I have very inter- interesting opinions about this. So yes, and I, I do I will too. Share them. Um, and and I think this is more of just an observational you know, dive into what narcissism is, uh, our opinions on it, why we're even talking about it, um, and really to kind of discuss the effects that maybe social media and some of the natural uh, occurrences within society, quote unquote natural, quotes around natural, occurrences within society these days that I think is kind of feeding into a more narcissistic you know, self-oriented culture. I, I know that America specifically is very... Um, very focused on individualism, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. I think there is a there's a benefit to being individualistic at a certain point, as there is a benefit to being collectivist. Um, now, to what degree is kind of always the question for a lot of people, and I've oddly always found that those who spout you know collectivism arguments, um, you know like socialism or, uh, or or the betterment. Of all over the single or, um, you know, the recent one of uh, 
if what was it we're all in this together those well, statements couldn't you argue that patriotism is another form of collective collectivism yeah, it's nationalism yeah, so, so we've got nationalism patriotism and um, socialism all following into the same category falling into the same category to different there. degrees sure. um now i guess my point in saying all that is that individualism you know and obviously i should probably pull up because i didn't plan on talking about individualism um but you know the idea behind individualism is obviously the uh the pursuit of the individual versus um you know the, the, co collective. the collective so you know the habit of principle being independent and self-reliant a social f theory favoring freedom of action for individuals over collective or state control um obviously it's more of a political discussion but something that i think you know is valid in discussing when it comes to narcissism because i feel like our hyper capitalistic hyper individualistic society sometimes trends because you know quote unquote it's a free market um and we have the ability to you know have these things pop up because we are such a wealthy country such as social media and stuff like that um i think they feed into a hyper individualistic society um and without any you know i don't know any observation or self-awareness in that area and mass by the individual and the collective you become a very narcissistic self-absorbed society um that's where a lot of criticisms come you know from people within this country of well we should be like more and more like this area and more and more like that area uh for more collective arguments whereas collectivism at the other end of the spectrum hyper focused on collectivism is also not good um, so there needs to be a balance. And I think a lot of that, you know, from a political perspective, we're not going to dive into it, but I think a lot of that comes back to civic duty. Um, a lot of people just don't really tend to focus on that or even observe it in their day to day as I, I mean, society doesn't express that you should, um, these days, unless it has to do with, uh, the government telling you to do stuff. Um, so, you know, when it comes back to narcissism outside of that very jumbled diatribe I gave, um, my name is Manny Monologue. <laughs> mm, <your new> um, <laughs> so narcissism, it's a self-centered personality style characterized as having an excessive interest in one's physical appearance and an excessive preoccupation with one's own needs, often at the expense of others. Um, mm. Now, the term originally comes from a first century book written in year 8 AD, so a long fucking time ago, by Roman poet Ovid. Ovid. Uh, from metaphor metamorphosis um, specifically book three uh, it tells the mythical story of a handsome young man narcissus i hope i said that right uh, who spurns the advances of many potential lovers when narcissus rejects the nymph echo who was cursed to only echo the sounds that others made the gods punish narcissus by making him fall in love with his own reflection in a pool of water when Narcissus, God, that's a that is a name. Narcissus. Narcissus. God. Narcissus. Narcissus. Wow, I can't <laughs> pronounce words. Uh, when Narcissus <laughs> discovers that the object of his love cannot love him back, he slowly pines away and dies. Um, now, in this time period, uh, in ancient Greece, you know, selfishness was often has often been recognized throughout history. But in ancient Greece, this particular time period, the concept was more or less known as hubris. Um, now. For those who don't know, hubris uh, from ancient Greek describes a personality trait of extreme or excessive pride or dangerous overconfidence, often in combination with or synonymous with synonymous with uh, arrogance. The term arrogance comes from the Latin adrogare, meaning to feel that one has the right to demand certain attitudes and behaviors from other people. To arrogate means to claim or seize without justification, to make undue claims of having, or to claim or seize without right to ascribe or or attitude attribute without reason 
Um, so kind of an interesting little correlation there between hubris and narcissism and uh, arrogance. Hmm. Obviously, they're all deviations between the two. Well, so in the definition of narcissism, they specifically point out being obsessed with one's physical attributes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it talks about your personal needs as well, a preoccupation with that. But I think something that puts a defining line between those two is the physical um, appearance. Yeah. And, and I think the I think for me, the thing that and obviously we're going to dive into this, but there are there there are derivatives of the idea of narcissism. A lot of people, as I said earlier, misattribute this as more of a broad stroke statement. So mm-hmm. they'll look at someone who is self-absorbed and they'll say that person's narcissistic. And they may have they, that person may have narcissistic qualities or attributes that that person who is criticizing them is pointing out, but that doesn't necessarily mean that person is suffering from like a disorder or a psychological problem. Um, right now, what I think is interesting, uh, and we were talking about this a little bit ago, is the correlation you know of between social media use and narcissism. Um, I think that a lot of the habits, and this is on a side note, we'll get back to. The notes in a second, but on, on, on a lot of habits and cultural norms these days really promote a idolatry of self per se. Um, that's why, like, it, we've had discussions like when we go on trips. Like, a prime example. I, I know I'm ranting, but a prime example is like with my Instagram. I have like maybe seven photos mm-hmm. on there. Um, I, I don't really enjoy promoting photos of myself. Um, just primarily because it, it, I don't see the value in that. Not in the sense that I can't have photos taken of me with people and like have a photo book and share it with people and family. That's fine. Um, I don't see the value in promoting my image across the internet for reasons of self-gratification. And mm-hmm. I'm not to say that everyone has that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I think that that inadvertently is how it comes across. Um, if I'm at like... A trip. If I'm on a trip with you somewhere, or a trip with anyone somewhere, or we're doing something, photos are fine. Like I'm totally fine with that. But if I'm at like the Grand Canyon, or if I'm, uh, you know, in 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 Europe, like I'll get a photo with you. But I'm not gonna take a photo of myself in front of every thing that I'm seeing. I mean, that, that ruins the thing behind me. And um, it, it's just kind of a, a weird focal. It's a weird focus on something that, comparative to the thing that I'm experiencing. So like the Grand Canyon, comparatively, is not the same. The Grand Canyon is something that's incredible. Why would I put myself in it? I want to enjoy it and experience it in the moment at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people say, well, you have the time to look back and you remember all the memories. Yeah, that's what my brain's for. <laughs> well, I mean, and some people would say, well, sometimes your brain gets weak and you need the photos to be sure. memories for sure. you. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking photos at places that you've been. Mm-hmm. I think it all becomes perspective and intention when you're sharing those photos. For example... Um, one thing I personally like about my Instagram is there are photos on my Instagram that I don't have anywhere else because I have devices that have Mm -hmm. been passed on or whatever. They're not on my cloud anymore. They're older. Um, and that may just be a personal problem and needing to save it somewhere else. Um, and I think another reason people really focus on not just Instagram, but things like TikTok, even Facebook, all these social media platforms is that, uh, today... 2022 i think that there is a massive push if not requirement to market yourself if you have a specific type of business or um, brand that you need to promote it's not necessarily the age of brochures at your local coffee shop anymore and while you can still do that 
it tends to give you a leg up if you get something viral on TikTok. Sure, but I, you know but I don't I mean? think that's the mass. I don't think that's the majority of users. No, and but I think they can be used as tools that way. And that's sure. what makes social media but, great is that it is a tool. But the majority of people, you're correct, are yeah. not using them as tools to promote no. a business or to sell products or... To, well, there's if, plenty that are trying to sell products, but but it's mostly a um, visual representation of what you want to display to the world that you may not be feeling in your personal life day to day. Which uh, I think I think there's a problem there, um, and, and the reason I think there's a problem is because social media over the last twenty or so years, because it's been around you know for a while, but it's really you know really really took hold when you and I you know became a young adults um, mm. right around you know the 2010s. Um, early 2010s, uh, it, it's taken hold in people creating their own identity through it. But so, I think so. I, what you're what you're saying to the early 2010s is that social media was around before then, but that right. was really when it was accessible 24 seven. Which yeah, and and you would do for a little bit, and you communicate with friends. And what's happened now is I don't think it's that anymore. I don't think it, I think it's become something that's become basically a a, a, a identity. A it's life, an extension a, of yourself. Ex, well, no, it's a, a duplication of yourself. Well, you talk about metaverse stuff. We're already there, in my opinion. Well, it's and this just, is what we've said in other podcast episodes. Right. Like, I, I think that we've already reached the singularity in the sense that humans have started to formulate their own weird kind of fucked up version of what it is to be human through social media. And you, you can see a lot of this is being correlated to the levels of depression, higher increases in suicide, all that stuff, because I think people are trying to live two separate lives. They're trying to live in reality, like the here and now, the present of what I'm experiencing with you right now through my own perception mm -hmm. and their own persona online. That's why you see this weird crossover now of people saying things. And this is some instances deserved of this this weird crossover of people either getting fired or getting canceled for things that they've said stupidly on the microblogging site twitter and you know instagram and all this shit and, and the thing that i i have a problem with is look you want to say stuff that's fine you're okay to say it but the line between real world and simulation is getting blurred well and oftentimes so, you wouldn't say the things people tweet on twitter are often things they wouldn't say in person oh bullshit no bullshit you don't think I, so? I call bullshit on that. No, I think people. I think people utilize Twitter as a way to get these these hot takes on something, mm -hmm. and they otherwise wouldn't type it out and take the time to formulate it if it wouldn't have organically come to their mind otherwise. So, if we're in a conversation, you and I are in a conversation, the likelihood of you saying something sensitive to me is probably higher than it would be you posting it online. Well, At least that's think my thought. I, I I totally understand right? what you're saying, and I don't think it's wrong. But maybe it's just a personal perspective. Oh, I'm definitely feel, more cynical about social media than a lot of people. Well, I, I wasn't even going to go that route. I would say, like, I would be more likely not to say anything at all well, if, I, if, if I was emotionally charged, right? If you're, well, well and, and take, for example, Twitter is a place for a lot of collective thoughts to be said about very specific events. It's like, well, you have to remember statistically only 10% of the, the information on Twitter, only that only about 10% of the users comprise that data. It's a lot so, of bots. So it's about, no, no. I mean, as in like 10, the things that you hear, the big things, 10% of users are comprising it. All the other, the 90% of users otherwise are just kind of doing their thing. They're not really on it to take these hot takes. Oh, I it's understand. All, like, You're saying have, the majority of people tweeting is, is a small is, amount is of a users. a small amount of users. Yes. So I, I guess my point in saying all this is, and obviously we're straying a little bit from the narcissism topic, but maybe not. Um, it, 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 
when it comes to social media, the premise that the marketing sell of this is a tool, the Mark Zuckerberg sell, the the uh, the Tom sell, the, uh, the the Jack Dorsey, no longer Jack Dorsey, I can't remember the other guy's name, um, the sell oh, of their platforms, um, it, it's it's a valuable sell, but humans don't use it that way. Like we can no, say it's, it's valuable, valuable because on one hand, Twitter, for example, just since we're already talking about it, sure. gave a platform to people who felt voiceless. Right. That was mm. it. Well, there were there were plenty of people who felt like they couldn't get out their thoughts because they weren't in the majority. Now, those same people feel may sound like the majority because they're very loud on a platform like Twitter mm-hmm. or a platform like whatever other one yeah but it creates it creates a distortion of the real perception of reality which is look i'm not saying that people shouldn't have voices but the question is not whether or not they should have voices the question is whether that matters i mean in the grand scheme of things i don't know any more than maybe 200 people personally most people do not know any more than 200 people personally on a given day or time. And what I mean by know is like remember their names, know these people, can talk to them like at anything deeper than, you know, uh, baseline weather, right? So when it comes to, you know, the communication aspect of social media, I understand that. Creating the identity, as you're suggesting, creating a voice. Look, if you're trying to get stuff done on social media, that's all fine and dandy, but very rarely do things actually formulate, materialize outside of social media in the real world. And in that instance, when they do, at least in my experience, oftentimes it's kind of a negative effect. Like there are a lot of net negatives that have been created over the last maybe five years from people getting really loud about something that they deemed themselves to be more important than everyone else around them. I also think that there's the factor of everything being archived on the internet one way or the other. Right. Sure. So so say you, you tweet something or post something or say something emotionally charged online. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, you really felt that way and it meant a lot to you and you had good intentions. Did it though? But let's say a, a couple months from now, a couple of years from now, like plenty of people, a lot of celebrities, a lot of uh, big name people have gone through this. We could name a hundred in five seconds, it seems like. They feel differently, but it doesn't matter because uh, that is documented online and people often feel like it it doesn't matter that it was said or done a long time ago because right here and right now it's in front of my face and your name's stamped to it. it, And that's a good point. And I think that that plays in that net negative I'm talking about. And again, I I don't like if I if I had to really like if I had to sit down with some of these polarizing people. I would have a really hard time believing their own their own story. And the mm-hmm. reason I say that is because I don't even think that they believe their story. I think they believe that they believe their story. And what I mean by that is if you were to sit down with some of these people that have these polarizing statements that make these things, these these gotcha statements or like, oh, the so-and-so didn't happen here or this happened here without checking and making statement or like trying to stir the pot, I would argue they don't give a shit. And the reason I say that is because they get attention from it. If you're doing something which, to get attention. Which goes back to the narcissism exactly. we've been talking about. Or the marketing aspect of things. Seeing value in people applauding or degrading you online because you have the attention. There's a lot of money to be made in manipulation. There's a lot of money to be episode. made in being someone who's hated. Well, and that's the thing. And so when it comes to back to you know narcissism, I think there's a lot of individuals. Uh, and I think social media in a lot of ways is mainstreaming it and making it acceptable. Um, that have these narcissistic tendencies may, may be on the narcissistic narcissism spectrum. Um, and I think that in a lot of ways, it's a problem because 
the more we've gotten involved in social media, the further, you know, we have gotten away from, you know, community, the further we've gotten away from actually, you know, interacting and connecting with people, the further we've gotten away from having actual understandings of those around us. I mean, like a prime example is uh, like uh, people who, uh, you know, like the, 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 the ups, the, the upswing in riding, for example, is a prime example. Um, most of the people that get involved in this stuff don't know the people who they're riding with. They just, they're just strangers who just believe the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're kind of waiting to riot or people are waiting to formulate these, these, these civil movements, which I, I think are fine and dandy, but they're not homegrown. No, and they're, I think a lot of people just want to belong to something, so it doesn't matter. If so, it, and that's it a means problem. Chaos. Well, that's right. a problem because if you if if you're trying to find belonging and trying to find purpose in social media, you're not going to get it because no. you're not talking to people that you will ever know. And even if you meet them, you're not going to know them on the same intimate level of people you've grown up with, or people that you're in a family with, or people that you've actually like you spread out and met and influenced in their life. And some people say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm not saying to the the the, the total. Like, I'm not saying in an absolute sense." I just mean like it's very hard to connect with someone who you don't know at all over social media and think that you know them entirely than it is to connect with someone who's a stranger on the street, go to lunch with them, get to learn about them. I would argue I would learn more about my neighbors if I spent more time with them than if I spent time with people, you know, online playing video games and in different Mm -hmm. ways because it's very easy to lie to people when they can't see your face. It's very easy to manipulate people when they only hear your voice. So we're talking about, uh, you know, this narcissism mm-hmm. e- epidemic, right? And it seems like more and more people are spending more time online with people they know online with whatever persona they have online rather than whatever is here in the real world. Yeah. It, it, physically. In a way, they're catfishing everyone around them. And, and you bring and you bring up um, being fearful of being with actual people around them because of fear of being manipulated or hurt or things like that. So it, it comes down to what we've talked about in a previous podcast is it goes right back to fear. So we've got narcissistic behavior and a fear of other people around you emotionally damaging um, um, others. Well, no, I don't think there, I don't, well, I think that might be a part of it. I guess my, my, my observation with all of this is not in the sense that there's no more so a fear spawning people. It's the sense that this is being promoted. So, so the, I, the, the behaviors behind narcissism are being promoted in society. So the appreciation of self, the, um, the lack of, and I hate this word because it's misinterpreted and misapplied, the lack of empathy, I would say lack of sympathy amongst people is exhibited online. There's a very extreme lack of sympathy. There's a very extreme lack of understanding um, from at least the minority, the loud minority. Um, there is a inability to connect because humans, we our brains are not made to connect through social media. They're just not. I mean, we want to connect through, like, we, we we have a desire to connect. That is not the way to do it. And no, and I think that you're totally right, is that as human beings in our inherent evolutionary nature to want to connect, want to connect with others and, and ha- be a part of a tribe, it's it's part of our evolutionary biological need. It's, it's in that uh, hierarchy of needs. And we're, especially the past two years with everything being locked down and being at home and mm-hmm. isolated, we've... In my personal opinion, fallen more and more into this social media world, and we're still desiring that need to connect. So we have movements, civic movements. We have these protests going on, 
both which, sides of the spectrum. I'm not even. Which, by the way, it's it's every political sphere going on right here, looking for some sort of community. Yeah, and they're bonding mostly online, and there seems to be now social media is what you make it. I think that if you just like with anything, if you educate yourself and tailor things the way you want to, social media is not an ugly bad place. But mm. there seems to be this general. Uh, disparagement this unhappiness this confusion well, because, because this connection while we're more quote-unquote connected than ever when it comes to social media like we? i can i, I can find someone i went to elementary school with in about two seconds yeah, on facebook and message them and say hello that's yeah. much easier than it was probably 15 years ago however it feels like we're more apart than ever yeah but it's not i don't think that really has anything to do with connection it has more to do with communication i can communicate with someone like me communicating over email is not connection I'm sorry. Oh, like know, anyone, okay. anyone who says that it is like if Mark Zuckerberg came up to me and says, well, according to, you know, my analysis and all these data points, email is a form of connection. Yeah. If you're a fucking robot, like I like, look, I, letters are different. Writing a letter is different. You're taking time. You're putting time. You can see someone's handwriting. You can feel the time that they put into it from a, brief, a letter, whether so brief or not. That's why, you know, years ago, people said always write thank you letters and all stuff. That's why that matters because it seems like there's a, a tie into something that you've put time and effort into. Social media, I don't think is time and effort for the other person. I think it's time and effort for the person who owns the account. So that's, that's I guess my whole point in this is not in the sense that it, there's no benefits, but in the sense that when it comes to narcissism, it's fueling these desires of the serving of self. I mean, I look, saying hello via a message or text is not as impactful as calling someone on the phone, is not as impactful as sitting down with someone over coffee, is not as impactful as spending a weekend with someone. It never will be. FaceTime is impactful a little bit more because you can see the person's face because it's like a phone call. You see their face, so you're connected. But again, it's still different. It's still disconnected from being in the same room as someone. So mm. I guess this is the discussion's kind of devolving a little bit. But back to narcissism, the reason why I think people are like doing those things that I mentioned earlier of taking like pictures or you know video of themselves after they get in a car accident with someone almost killing somebody or, or doing something stupid and taking a video of themselves doing something stupid is not for any other reason than to get attention from other people because they're so desperately craving it. And that yeah. is a key indicator of narcissism, not being able to connect with people. So you're compensating. And when you have people like over the last two years, dear God, children not being able to communicate with their kids, there's going to be a massive explosion of it. I mean, I could be, look, I don't like, look, maybe I'll, I'll tone it back a little bit because I don't like being a, a, a doomsayer. I don't like being Nostradam, Nostradamus, Nostradamus, uh, <laughs> Nostradamus, because um, I think that, you know, you can be cynical about anything and, you know, blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. Um Still, though, I do think there's going to be an impact, a negative impact, because people are forced down an unnatural path that is sold to them as being natural. It's not a natural form of communication. It's not. It's become one because our society has deemed it to be so. Natural but, or normal? Uh, I think things... both are synonymous. I think both are synonymous. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, I think that it, to naturally do something is what would be within the norm outside of influence from something that is non-natural. So inorganic. Um, being like, for example, when people, and this is obviously a very sensitive topic with people for some reason these days, but it's like the pot, the, the documentary we watched a little bit ago about fats, right? Mm. Healthy fats as opposed to trans, trans fats and saturated fats. Mm. Um, there's a difference between organic natural occurring, something that you can get naturally, even at a lesser level than something that is inorganic that you can get at a higher level. Right? So that's how I see it with when it comes to communication, like 
me sitting down with you, waving my hands around and during a podcast, looking at you in the eyes, you can see my facial recognition. You can see uh, my facial recognition. You can see my, you know, my <laughs> facial face. recognition. Yeah, my facial beep, boop, beep, boop. I'm a human. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> you can see my, my reactions. You can see my emotions, my expressions. That is natural communication. And anything past that is in a lot of ways unnatural. Not to say that's bad. Over time, as technology is unnatural advanced, but normal, then so yeah, they it's, are. It's been normalized, separate. but but uh, but I think that if you're to like reduce everything, I guess the the way I'm looking at it is if you reduce everything, become a reductionist. Um, natural is what we're doing right now, looking at each other. We're talking to each other, and we just happen to have microphones in front of our faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to narcissism, I, I think that social media has played a big role. Now, what's interesting about narcissism, um, it really wasn't defined in psychological terms until the 1800s. Um, and since then, it's been used to describe a lot of different things by a lot of different people. Um, so it was used initially, you know, early on to describe a sexual perversion or a normal, healthy developmental stage. So that's kind of interesting from just a, uh, right. you know, terminology. Teenagers, standpoint. I would think. A symptom of psychosis and then a characteristic in several of the objective relations. So subtypes of relations. Um, now, there's a pretty in-depth history and I'll, I'll, I'll list off a few things because they're important. Um in 1889, both Paul Knack, hopefully I pronounced that right, and Havelock Ellis are the first psychiatrists independent of one another to use the term narcissism to describe a person who treats his own body in the same way in which the body of a sexual partner is ordinarily treated. Narcissism in this context was seen as a perversion that consumed a person's entire sexual life. So it early on started out as like a observation of the uh, lust of oneself, which is very strange. Now, that's certainly something we glorify today. A hundred percent in American society, all appreciate over the place, your body. all over the place. And, and now even to, to a higher degree, because now we're not giving people these standards to live by. Originally, you know, you look at people as say a, a traditional form of beauty, right? Has trans has changed over the years. Um, and now we've, we've kind of, we're trying to destroy that in a lot of ways to remove the barriers there, the barrier, barriers of entry. And I say in doing that, we are making it even easier for people to say, well, I'm just, you know, perfect the way I am. And in a lot of ways, you know, yeah, you're valuable. I mean, people across the board are valuable. There's a difference between being valuable and people saying that you're valuable because they love you and they appreciate you and they support you and you saying you're valuable because you're in love with yourself. There's a difference. Right. Um, and, and you want everyone else to be in love with you too. Exactly. And I think there's... a difference there's, between appreciating someone as a person who mm-hmm. has a valuable head and they're... And, and demanding and, appreciation. And demanding, um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's... There's obviously a, a line that has just been kind of just erased entirely um, when it comes to that. And I think that's a big, it has a huge impact because, look, I'm not one for one to say that traditionalism is always correct on things. I think that we should always be evaluating some stuff. At the same time, I also don't think that the uh, extreme levels of progressivism that we're seeing about everything is healthy either. I think there needs to be a moderation in a lot of ways, and people you know, using that word would get me canceled, and I don't give a shit. Um, but with that being said, you know it's true. You know, If you are moderate in a lot of ways, and you're objective in a lot of ways, and logical about your decisions, normally you'll be, you'll be okay, um, outside of the chaos that is, a, that is existence um, these days. <laughs> um, now, I want to dive into something before we go a little bit further with some of these people that have influenced the idea and study behind narcissism. Um, there is a specific study... Uh, called psychoanalysis. Um, 
It's basically a system of psychological theory and therapy which aims to treat mental disorders by investigating the interaction of conscious and unconscious elements in the mind and bringing repressed fears and conflicts into the conscious mind by techniques such as dream interpretation and free association. Sounds like a bunch of bunk to me, um, but I thought I would bring it up because a lot of these people are in this study of psycho, uh, psychoanalysis. Um, now, in 1911, the first paper was published on narcissism by Otto Rank. He was an Austrian psychoanalyst, um, writer, and philosopher, linking it to vanity and self-admiration. In 1913, Welsh neurologist and psychoanalyst Ernest Jones was the first to construe extreme narcissism, which he called the God complex, as a character flaw. He described people with God complexes being aloof, self-important, overconfident, auto-erotic, inaccessible, self-admiring, and and exhibitionistic with fantasies of omnipotence and omniscience. He observed that these people had a high need for uniqueness. See, hmm. you're saying these, you're, you're um, explaining these traits. And I feel like I, I know people like this, my real, in yeah. my real day-to-day life. Especially and the also part. I think that these are prominent traits in a lot of our media, mm-hmm. not just in actual celebrity figures, but also in fictional media, like sure. a lot of our favorite fictional characters exhibit a lot of these traits. Well, it's it's the it's the hero complex, right? So mm-hmm. you've got the protagonist in a lot of American and first world entertainment, where the guy, the the person, um, and I guess you could probably apply this to the recent events of the last few years, where people think that they are the hero of the story. Um, I'm pretty sure that was a meme that you are the main character. You're the main story. character, yeah, and that that's not true. And and I think a lot of this again is influenced heavily by social media. And the reason I say that is because you got a populace that thinks they're all the main character. They're really easy to influence. You can get them to believe anything if they believe it. I mean, that's literally if they if you can convince someone to believe something to such a high degree and they are a narcissist, they're never going to let it go because they're going to think it was their idea. And so I, I don't know. It's it's. Obviously, by proxy, we probably exhibit some of this, and I'll dive into a little bit in a little bit more detail because narcissism, in and of itself, is neither good or bad. Um, it's just the extreme um, extremeness of such narcissistic tendencies where it becomes destructive. Um, now, in 1914, neurologist and the founder of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud, uh, published his theory of narcissism in a lengthy essay t- titled On Narcissism and Introduction. Freud postulated that all humans have a level of narcissism from birth, primary narcissism, um, and he stated that it is healthy and in time evolves outward as love for others. Obviously, Freud was kind of a... Uh, he was right about a lot and then wrong about a lot. Um now, he declared that narcissism was a necessary intermediate stage between autoeroticism and object love, love for others. He also theorized that narcissism becomes a neurosis, secondary narcissism, when individuals who have reached the point of projecting their affections to others turn their affection back on themselves. In time, these individuals became cut off from society and disinterested in others. Sounds um, like narcissists. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a few other ones uh, noted Austrian phys- psychoanalysis in 1925 Robert Wadler was the first to conceptualize narcissism as a personality trait um, he described co- individuals who are condescending feel superior to others are preoccupied with admiration and exhibit a lack of empathy they are most apparent in their sexuality which is based on physical pleasure rather than combined with emotional intimacy and then finally 1939 German psychoanalyst Karen Horney uh, unfortunate name um, suggested that narcissism was on a spectrum that ranged from healthy self-esteem to a pathological state. She also saw that narcissistic personality is a temperament trait molded by a certain kind of early environment. 
Um, so she thought it was a early environment impact, um, which as of now is actually seen to be not all that true. Um, now, as I stated earlier, narcissism is not necessarily good or bad, and a lot depends on the context and the outcomes associated. Um, in certain certain social contexts, such as initiating social relationships, such as feeling good about oneself, healthy narcissism can be helpful. Now, the thing I criticize about this is I think they mean self-esteem, and they're just sub they're, they're pushing narcissism into it to try and continue the, the you know the discussion. This was taken from a few different articles and some of it from <coughs> Wikipedia. Um, but uh, with that being said, I do think that there tends to be tends to be a line between narcissism in a healthy way that supports good self-esteem and confidence um, and what we, you know, maybe just generally as a society utilize the term narcissism for. So I want people to be clear that I feel like it's thrown around like the word crazy, right? Uh, yeah. Or like the word love or like the word, you know, I mean, there's a ton there's of There's a difference between our society's use of the word of quote unquote narcissist or narcissism mm -hmm. versus the clinical diagnosable psychological psycho psychoanalyst well, that's, that's, version. Well, that's, well, here's the thing is narcissism by itself wouldn't even be on that spectrum. So, cause well, it, I've heard plenty of friends who have no business diagnosing anyone for anything calling ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, narcissists. And they're mis they're misusing it. Narcissism, sure. again, they're there, and I'll get into this. But there are actual diagnostic not blah 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 blah. There's actual diagnosable characteristics that people utilize, um, even though it's no longer in the DSM five um, for narcissistic personality disorder. Um, so you can't just go around labeling someone as a narcissist if they haven't been tested for that. They might have qualities of a narcissist, but a lot of people in America and first world countries do. Also, um, that you just talked about how it's uh, these traits and behaviors are looked as a healthy development. I would say, you know, as a teenager mm -hmm. and taking some pride in your appearance yeah. isn't, you know, <laughs> the mark of no. a serial killer down no, the no, line. No. It's a good thing. Yeah. And and, 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 it, and obviously the context is important, right? Because, you know, in, in, as you stated, in teenage years or, you know, taking good care of yourself as you're a single adult, you being a little bit narcissistic can be a benefit. But over long term, you know, especially in long term relationships, it can be an incredible detriment. Also, um, especially when, you know... You get married, you have children, yeah. you have a family unit. That's Narcissism needs to, needs to be and, backseat. Well, and the unfortunate part is as we, as I get older, and this is probably availability bias to a large extent, but as I get older, the more people that I see via online or in person who have children who have not left some of that narcissistic tendencies that they exhibited early on uh, has grown larger and larger. Mm -hmm. It's like with the, the family vlog channels. On YouTube? Yeah. Or, or on, on Instagram, like, look, I don't have a problem with the, the, you know, the, the, um, families like that be the dads or the moms that are into the, the fitness or, or whatever. But at the same time, it's like your kid, it, like it might be your job, but you do have children and they're going to well, see this one day. I think I, well, that's a whole other you, you podcast. Get I have lots yeah. of opinions on that. The thing is you've got children who are unable to consent to being on camera most of the time. Well, and they're also unable to consent. And about see, the this is not a regulated industry. Like no. They don't have Coogan accounts set up. No. I don't know what goes on in their personal finances. However, I do know it's not required. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it, there's, there's a, a whole, again, rabbit hole there mm -hmm. to go down. But well, interestingly enough, there's four dimensions of narcissism that have been, have been delineated as a personality variable. 
Uh, the first one being leadership authority, the second one being superiority and arrogance, the third one being self-absorption, self-admiration, and the fourth one being exploitativeness and entitlement. Hmm. Um, narcissism, according to the interwebs, is an essential component of mature self-esteem and basic self-worth. I would agree with um, that, just from my very you know basically educated yeah well it's not it's it's neither good or bad it, much like a lot of things to some degree there's a lot of things that are specifically good or bad um but a lot of things are they trend they tend to be in that gray area and context really matters mm-hmm. um so now when it comes to narcissistic behavior um it's really a system of interpersonal so occurring within your individual mind interpersonal or intrapersonal and interpersonal relating to relationships of communication between two people and you know narcissistic behavior is tied to strategies devoted to protecting one's self-esteem um so it's been suggested that healthy narcissism is correlated with good psychological health i would assume healthy narcissism being okay well i'm going to have my own opinion i'm going to be able to think for myself i'm going to be able to act um as an adult would with confidence you know i'm going to be able to you know control my own desires a lot of like psychological mental health and health generally has to do with control has to do with restraint um and i would say the same probably goes with this now self-esteem works as a mediator between narcissism and psychological health so therefore because of the elevated self-esteem tied you know, to narcissism deriving from self-perceptions or competence and likability, high narcissists are relatively free of worry and gloom. Hmm. So someone who has a decently high level, not like in a negative way, but like a appropriate way are generally okay. Like they're generally happy. Obviously they experience, you know, emotions in life, but they are not like, they're not, um, what is it? Not, not, what's the other word? It's not, not conscientious. The, uh, there's another term for it when you're just generally depressed all the time. Uh, clinical depression no 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 there's a term for it. there's conscientious and there's another term but i can't think of it for oh, life okay me. i don't know either um so <laughs> anyway. well then the only way you would really know is yourself and ne- if you're neurotic, lying to yourself neurotic. that was the word I was oh okay for. well i mean you would only really know if you were honest with yourself and how many people are truly honest with themselves well i don't i don't think it has to do i do think it well i guess it has to do with uh, honesty but you have to remember that a, a normal level of psychological health and well-being um there is a baseline standard that people can measure and you go talk to a doctor about it. Like you're not going to self-diagnose yourself. No, that's you, why let, let me be clear. We always, are always go and talk should, to your doctor. Yes. Always. If you're not feeling right, go and talk to somebody about it. Don't self-diagnose. Um, and like my, my rule of thumb is if something is bothering me for more than 72 hours, I'm going to think seriously about going to talk to somebody about it. And you and I have seen <clears throat> uh, people very close to us personally benefit in huge ways mm-hmm. to seeing Someone yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. issues. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with any of it. I, I have my own opinions about some of those things. I do think that our society is trending towards a dependency on you know uh, some level of uh, inorganic dependency. Um, I don't necessarily know if I'd agree with that to a certain degree, but at the same time, I understand why we have it, and I'm grateful that to some level that we do. Um, now. Whereas the, you know healthy levels of narcissism are appropriate, high levels you know as I said a little bit ago could be destructive, um, and there's a there's a fine line between the two. Now, destructive narcissism is the constant exhibition of a few of the intense characteristics usually associated with path- pathological narcissistic personality disorder. Um, ironically enough, as I said a little bit ago, the current DSM five no longer separates personality disorders along a separate axis. Ha! Huh, I wonder why. Um, so such as pervasive pattern of grandiosity, 
um, which is categorized by feelings of entitlement and superiority, arrogant or haughty behaviors, and a generalized lack of empathy and concern for others. I would probably replace empathy for sympathy. Um, again, empathy you can't experience unless you've gone through the same exact situation as someone else. We can sympathize for others. We can sympathize with others. We cannot empathize with someone if we've never been in that exact situation or something similar. Um, <clears throat> And that's just my opinion. Please don't quote me. Um, now, extremely high levels of narcissism can be considered pathological. The pathological consisted condition of narcissism is, as Freud suggested, a magnified extreme manifestation of healthy narcissism. Freud's date idea of narcissism described a pathology which manifests itself in the inability to love others, a lack of empathy, emptiness, boredom, and an unremitting need to search for power while making the person unavailable to others. Narcissism has also been thought to be possible outcome to be a possible outcome in response to unempathetic and inconsistent childhood interactions, suggesting that narcissists may try to compensate in adult relationships. Uh, it always stems back to childhood. Doesn't always, it? yeah. And interestingly enough, narcissistic traits shown through studies of twins are often inherited, which is strange, and which is why I'm concerned right now when it comes to social media because we develop that pattern of dependency as a culture on social media and the uh, obsession with oneself, what are we going to do? We're going to extrapolate that and expand upon that. Um, and it's going to compound over time to which kids these days don't remember a time they didn't grow up on Instagram. Well, they already don't. That's what I'm saying. So I it's, mean, uh, we... Which is only going to compound. It's been 10, a little, 12 years basically since social media has been available 24-7 really. Yeah, I, w I would say. Well, yeah, I mean, it was like, litmus, I mean, yeah. generally most people had access 24 seven. Yeah. Um, and Instagram really blew up, I think, in 2012 ish. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, I do remember things taking off around that time. Obviously, this is just subjective observation. I'm sure it's probably different. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> um, but yeah. Narcissism is a high heritability score, uh, 0 0.64, showing that this trait is significantly influenced by genetics as compared to environmental causation. There is also a continuum or spectrum of narcissistic traits ranging from normal to pathological personality. So basically what they're saying is everyone is kind of on this spectrum, which is kind of a, a thing that that the medical industry is currently making a habit of. And I don't necessarily know if I agree entirely with it. Um just because you can get away with a lot of stuff when you start to conflate everything and mix everything together, um, which is what they did by removing um, the, the the differences, um, you know, separate axes, axes um, on the DSM-5 uh, between personality disorders. So basically they're saying everyone suffers to some degree. Um, so anyway, diatribe aside, it's really interesting. I think there's definitely... Um, Again, back to availability bias. There's definitely a lot of individuals that I know personally that exhibit a lot of these characteristics. Um, and again, that doesn't mean that they're narcissists. This just means that they might exhibit a higher level mm -hmm. of certain narcissistic traits, um, which have been in a lot of ways learned and applauded in our society. Um, uh, prime e example is what we were talking about a little bit ago with vic victim, uh, victimization, victimization and victim mentality is a, a prime example. It's applauded in society. So what do you get when people get recognized for something in society? You get more of it. Um, same thing with like danger, extreme danger seeking um, habits and, and, and challenges and uh, exhibitionist type traits, you know, that is really applauded and paid attention to in our society. And it's something that I definitely think uh, is definitely growing. So something to be aware of. Now, 
there have been some studies on the increases of narcissism in American society. Um, some critics contend that American populace has become increasingly narcissistic since the end of World War II. Uh, people compete mightily for attention, which is something that we have all exhibited and all experienced. Um, in social situations, they tend to steer the conversation away from others and towards themselves. The profusion of popular literature about listening and managing those who talk constantly about themselves suggests its pervasiveness in everyday life. The claim is substantiated by the growth of reality TV programs, the growth of an online culture in which digital media, social media, and the desire for fame are generating a new era of public narcissism. This, hence influencers. This, um, I think it also depends on the influencers, but sure. I, I think generally, yes, but it is... A, mostly a job for these people they are paid to promote they're basically a billboard on social media yeah but it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't mean that what they're doing is not narcissistic in nature and not well is it much better than the rest of us who aren't getting paid to well, post? that's not what i'm saying i, I think I, I think that it's perpetuating it's playing into it so if you for example say you're kendall jenner uh you do x on social media and every other people every uh, every other people Everybody around you realizes that that's a good thing to do because you got a lot of attention for it. And what does that do? That creates copycats who create copycats who create copycats who create copycats. And eventually you have an own identity and an in its own job, its own, uh, its own ecosystem, its own economy for a thing called an influencer. Before that, it, a celebrity. You're a movie star. I mean, what, what does an influencer do? Honestly. An like, influencer like, influences. In Look what way? Kendall Jenner is a great example. In what example, way? But, but that's my point. Is it, she she was paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever to promote Fire Festival a couple sure, years ago. That, that but, was but a again, disaster. But, she didn't even go. But again, my point is, influencers such a, 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 a opaque, nonsensical term for something that someone does that you can't accurately describe it. There's there's been plenty of like uh, comedy skits and plenty of uh, objective criticism instances where someone's like, "Oh, what do you do? I'm an influencer." What does that mean? I influence people. That's a psychological, it's a, it's a cyclical argument that has no end. Like, so if you market, you're a marketing person. I think it, it, you can't, like, what influencer means is you create an image on social media that is objectively appreciated by the populace because they either A, find it attractive, B, want it, or C, want to be in it, which perpetuates itself and you influence people to your way of thinking because they are told and led to believe that your way is the only way that is true reality. It's not true. That's why you have a bunch of people who are unhappy with their lives. Well, That's you why have I, a lot of influencers that are unhappy. You see a lot sure. of them talk about mental health issues. Why do you think they're talking about a mental health A lot of big issues? names. Why do you think in they're fact, talking about it? Um, well, this is a little too recent, I guess. But just recently, one of the winners of Miss USA. Killed herself. Yeah. yeah. She committed suicide earlier this week. Yeah. Um, which, again, like these problems come from somewhere, right? And so I, I guess my point is not to be criti critical of influencers. It's just to criticize the sense that that, that term is is about as uh, is about as nonsensical as uh, as as interest groups. I'll it's, think, it's I think it's a job stroke. like anyone anything else. But I think how it's... does one get that job? Well, you're a lot a of times, you, yeah, you're a marketing person. So you're a marketing or person. you. Uh, a lot of people take advantage of, you know, 15 minutes of fame and become influencers. Yeah, but, Look yeah, at but, stuff but like that's the... based around. But again, what are the job? Like, what's the job analysis of an influencer to influence? What does that mean? That's well, a, it's, it's no, a, it's there's like specific you need to post on certain days really? for this amount of money. Yes, you need to wear this specific yeah, but, thing. But again, then you're a model, right? That's technically so, so, what this is. So then yes. it would be called a model. So that my point, my, my criticism, of, I know I'm kind of 
creating like a pedantic argument here, but my criticism is to point out that in creating the pedantic argument, I'm pointing out the pedanticness of that particular. I'm not uh, saying it's a healthy job op- occupation, that's just not what as I'm much stating. as I don't think you know. That's not what shoveling I'm shoveling poop underneath New York City is a good job yeah, occupation. But, but it's you, just a job. If you come up and say I'm a plumber. I immediately think, okay, you work on plumbing. You can help me with anything that I need. Influencers are very broad. If you come up to me yes. and say you're an influencer, I have no idea what the fuck you do. No, no. And I, it's intentionally I, that way. And I, that's why I have criticisms of it. Because what they're doing is they're creating, and they have created, and by they, I mean companies and social media organizations and groups, a intermediate intermediary between the ideas and desires of a powerful conglomerate and the populace. Well, that's really they, what they're. They're freelance models, free, freelance bloggers. Why do you think they're called influencers then? You get my point? Is that's it, because it's, they influence. They, I no, mean, no, no, no. They're called influencers because the term influence has a positive connotation with it. Oh, well, sure. Of course it does. If I'm you're not a manipulator, you wouldn't get a lot of traction. They're commercials. They're commercials online. So, but yes, but which, again, it's a manipulating know, factor, which I, I guess that, I'm they, sorry. they have like, the, the ethos that people want. No, 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 no. They create the ethos that people are told that they no, should No, okay, sure. I'm saying that people usually, when you're watching TV and you see mm-hmm. some some commercial for, I don't know, what's what's a random drug? Olay. Okay, yeah, okay, Olay. Olay shampoo. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Olay, I'm about to run you over. Uh, you you see some random person you don't recognize who got paid six figures for their national commercial yeah. of just standing in the shower and smiling and sure. rubbing shampoo in their hair. Uh, that commercial costs a lot of money. Is selling shampoo. Yes. Yes. Uh, I or guarantee hair you yeah. that they could go to 50 micro influencers, pay half that and make more sales by paying them very small amounts to promote pictures yeah. of them with Olay shampoo again, on Instagram. Sure. And with I'm, a 10% discount I'm code. Not, I'm not talking. I'm not like, I'm not trying to disprove that. I'm saying that there's a difference between a sales guy coming up to you and saying, I'm a sales guy and a sales guy coming up to you and saying, I'm an influencer because they're the same thing. They're I'm not synonymous. saying they're not different. They so, are the same so, thing. So my whole point with saying that is from a perspective of a consumer, much like with you say, you saying uh, the Coogan accounts and the children, people don't have the ability to differentiate past a certain point. If you're a fan of Kendall Jenner, you know that she's selling you products, but you also want to live like her, which is why there's a danger in my mind about this. Because well, what you're doing is you're deluding yourself into believing that if you do well enough, if you act like that person, if you pretend to be that person for long enough, you eventually will be able to stay at the five-star Hyatt Resort in Maldives for $0. Or that should be the only thing you should accept and be happy with. It's, it's a very weird, blended form of marketing. And that's where the danger comes in. Because people develop this appreciation for living that is not realistic and in doing that you think that only you should have that thing because you're told that you should have that thing and you reiterate and you develop these cyclical ways of thinking in which well i could be an influencer i want to influence what are you influencing i don't know people how are you influencing them well i don't know i mean i'm sure people have these own things that they've told themselves but that's why there's such a high level of lack of purpose that's why there's such a high level of um, dissatisfaction with jobs that we need there's a reason why these problems exist is because people see those things as beneath them and they see them beneath them because of X. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I have such a criticism of it. It's not that I think these people are bad. I don't. 
If you want to be an influencer, be an influencer. Just understand that you're a marketing dream. You are a marketing agent. Oh, I, I, I don't which, think that these people don't understand that. They, they know they're the being used. people viewing them don't. These the are giant corporations. The no. kids don't. No, and that rolls into a whole other issue. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why in the, the, in the late 80s and the 90s specifically, again, I think it was the FTC rolled in and said, you cannot promote these toys back to back in the same programs on you know Nickelodeon or Disney Channel or whatever. And because they were just promoting whatever show they were watching, the cut to commercial and suddenly these toys would be on the commercials and these kids don't understand that they're being advertised to. So that was done and they can't do that anymore. Well, that is not the case for Social places media. like YouTube or yep. Instagram. Mm -hmm. That is not, uh, th those aren't in the rule book, at which, least yet, which means be. it is a free range. Well, they, and they, they have... They have captured the minds of not just children anymore. I think that people in general, adults, well, don't think about that. Well, here's the interesting thing about all this. And this is probably something that's been... Well, maybe not. I, I, I'm not sure We're because not I wasn't... Really, this is all advertising now. I'm not really well, talking here's the thing, is I, Yeah, we are. We, and, and this is... Well, I'll bring it back. But uh, this is something... You mentioned adults. And this is something that I've noticed as I've gotten older. And obviously, I haven't been alive since you know 1900. So I, I'm not sure that I have an accurate view of this but from what i've seen historically the attitude and the operation and the execution of what being an adult is today is not even remotely close to what it was 40 or 50 years ago i mean like you look at people like who are staying at home others uh, economic reasons for that I'm not criticizing but you look at social media you look at that you look at the the um desire for endless youth you look at the shame of getting older you look at the the uh the almost i would say borderline destruction of traditionalist views on certain things without considering the effect of doing that the deconstructionist view on a lot of our social norms you look at all those things and they're all culminating and they're all pointing back to one particular area so you got people who are quote unquote adults acting like children that's a major impact, and I think that ties back into narcissism. Because if you don't have the ability to understand that people are around you that are real, that those people are just as valuable as you, and that sometimes, even if you don't like it, you have to make sacrifices, not only in your own life, but in the grand scheme of things to better yourself, your immediate family, and then those around you, then I think you have some problems that you need to figure out. And not to say that you need to operate because society tells you to. There's a difference. Sacrifice for the sake of sacrifice because someone's telling you to sacrifice without giving you any reason why you should sacrifice that is provable and um, and not um, uh, non-falsifiable. Uh, That's different than, you know, saying, okay, well, maybe, you know, if someone is being robbed on the street, I should call the police and not pull out my phone. Or maybe if I get an accident in an accident with someone, I shouldn't film myself immediately after getting in an accident. I should check if that person's okay. There's a difference, right? So... I guess my whole thing with this narcissism issue is that, you know, it, it seems to be obviously misused, but it also seems to be in a lot of ways growing in areas that are not beneficial to anybody. Because as you said, you've got a bunch of people, you know, rest in peace to the uh, Miss America. Uh, well, she was like 30, 31. She was very young. 29. She was somewhere in that area. The people gave her a lot of 
you know, I mean, being an, an online public figure, you're going to get flack no matter what. But people, she but was, she was that, the oldest person to win the title. Well, I don't, but here's and the she thing, got a lot of stuff for that, think, which was just ridiculous. But again, though, I don't think, I think people point to those things in after also, effects. Also, we don't know exactly what's going through her head. Exactly. So it doesn't I, matter. I, I think people point to those things as reasoning to try and understand, but I don't think that's the real story. It's like the same thing with Mac Miller. I think he had a lot of shit going on that people didn't ask about. And if they did, they didn't try to help him with it. Same thing with anybody. And that's why, you know, that's the problem I see with social media is you can't do that. You can't ask. You don't understand people's life. Speculation's just speculation. You don't know what goes well, on but in again, someone's head. Yeah, but you, you also, social media creates, especially Instagram. An and, image. And, an image that isn't accurate in any way. And that's why mm. I have criticisms of certain things that even though I know there are companies doing it, like travel blogs and people who own companies, I, I have criticisms for those things. Because if you're a, you know, a 14-year-old kid who gets to, Go on a trip of a lifetime down, uh, like probably let's let's use me, you know, Beowulf, or let's use <laughs> Wolf, Beowulf. You can use me as a, a a case study. I didn't go on a really nice trip until I was like early twenties, and it was with your family. Mm-hmm. Like I, there was times when I went on trips, but I didn't I didn't come from a, a really well off family. And had social media existed to the degree that it does today, I would not have wanted to go on those trips. Because I would have thought lesser of myself going on something that didn't involve ex- extreme luxury. It didn't involve this stuff that was, in a lot of ways, unknown to people 25, 30, 40 years ago. You would have felt bad going? Yes. If you like, if, if like, it wasn't like, accessible, at least visually. Well, it's like, it's, like, it's like the whole shoe game. Like, look, you know I, I like shoes. You like shoes? I had no I like idea. Shoes. I'm just and, looking and over I, I at the wall like, of shoes next to us right now. The zero shoes. Actually, are all no, up. you packed them away. Um, but but here's the thing: is like uh, it's I like shoes, but I like them because I think they're cool. Like I don't give a shit that people like the shoes. I bought shoes that people are like, why are you wearing those? Because I like them. I like the shoes. They're cool to me. Like I value them. I some of them I collect. There is a very big culture around that right now, and I can assure you, a lot of it, the hype beast aspect of it, is specifically to show off. I mean, when you and I went to the sneaker con a few years ago, it was like 10-year-old kids wearing $5,000 pairs of shoes. Yeah. Like, mommy and daddy bought that for you because mommy and daddy don't love you, Billy. Aww. I'm sorry. Like, it's sorry Be for nice Billy. Be Billy. But maybe, it was a, maybe it was a Christmas if gift. you're there by yourself. Mm. There was Any, a lot of young children yeah. there by themselves. Yeah, with their butlers. Um, <laughs> they all had, like, look, Louis Vuitton belts and... And, and here's the thing. is like Off-white that, sneakers. Well, and, and here's the thing. is I don't... I, like, look, if your family can do it, more power to you. But what parent in their sane mind would buy their kids that? I think that some... Well, some people do have so much money they don't even... Look... What parents in their sane <laughs> mind? Look, I'm here, just let me trying. pause. I never got that kind of if stuff. You, when we have little, you know, pups, mm. are you ever going to consider buying them five thousand dollar pairs of shoes? No, because if I bought Even five thousand dollar pair of shoes for me, I would have a panic attack. Well, see, say, say, for example, if, say Wolf and Bull takes off, and we actually develop something out of this, <laughs> and we make money from it. I'm not. I don't give a shit how much money we make. I am not doing that. Like maybe when they're twenty five. Like, this is a cool gift I got for you. You did X. Here's your reward. But not when they're 10. I, it's 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 like the same thing with, it's like the same thing with teenagers. Like, I knew so many kids when I was in high school that were driving around at 16 years old, $70,000 BMWs. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a there's a problem with that. Not because I don't think they should have those things, but because at that age, you don't have the ability to quantify the value. So you don't treat it well. There's a difference between, you know, Wanting to provide for your kids and <laughs> no, no, I'm, 
like you know, some people get a car given to them when they were sixteen. There's nothing. No, I'm not. But criticizing it wasn't a BMW. A Look, it I'm was not just a reliable Look, car. Yeah, I'm not criticizing. Like, because I see I know, the value what Bull, you're saying. I know Bull I, has I family that is very young right now that has very nice vehicles. <laughs> That's okay. What I'm saying is there is a difference between raising that individual up in a healthy way to at least get them to understand to some degree the value of it and how hard you work. And just giving someone a Maserati at 20. I understand. There's always a mindset involved. And most people tend to appreciate things like that when they can actually afford it on yes. their own. And they worked hard for it. And 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 that's the thing. So back to the whole. There's nothing wrong inherently with Louis Vuitton belts. You just tend to yes, appreciate them Louis Vuitton more. Is ugly. Sorry, I said it. Sorry, Louis Vuitton. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Like insert um, brand name here. There's nothing wrong with expensive things. Just typically. When as long as you value them. And as yes. long as you understand that not everyone has that. And I do you not shouldn't care look down on people based on what, what they have. What people wear. Um. So one way or the other back to narcissism. Um, now the, this, this study, there was a, there was a study that was conducted. <laughs> there was a study. Uh, there was a study that was con conducted, um, on American culture, um, showing that American culture has become more narcissistic. Um, and it, this is based around, I guess, popular song lyrics from 1987 to 2007. So it was a little bit older. Um, the study found that uh, growth in the use of first-person singular pronouns reflect, reflecting a greater focus on self and also of references to antisocial behavior. During the same period, there was a diminution. Yeah, no, diminution. diminution of words reflecting a focus on others, positive emotions, and social interactions. See, sometimes I don't know words. Um, it's okay. Similar patterns, <laughs> similar patterns of change in cultural production are observable in other Western states. Um, a linguistic analysis of the largest circulation Norwegian uh, newspaper found that the use of the self-focused and individualistic terms increased in frequency by 69% between 1984 and 2005, while collectivist terms declined by 32%. Uh, references. I love Norway. I do too. I miss Norway. Uh, uh, some interesting art, but I, I liked it as well. It's my <laughs> homeland. Uh, one of them. Squirrel. Uh, references to narcissism and self-esteem in American popular print media have experienced vast inflation since the late 1980s, and I would say even more so now. Um, with the irrefutable nature of some things, you can't question the group unless uh, less you be ostracized by the popular kids. Um, between 1987 and 2007, direct mentions of self-esteem in leading U.S. newspapers and magazines increased by 4,550%, while narcissism, which had been almost non-existent in the press during the 1970s, was referred to over 5,000 times between 2002 and 2007. Um According to a 2018 study conducted and published through the Open Psychology Journal, visual social media use moderates the relationship between initial problematic internet use and later narcissism. Researchers tracked 74 participants aged 18 to 34 over four months and used the NPI to quantify their narcissistic traits. Hence, they found that participants who posted large quantities of photos and selfies showed a 25% increase in narcissism. Specifically, those who use Facebook and other platforms that focus on images rather than words became more narcissistic over time. Mm -hmm. Hence, my problem with places like Instagram, Twitter, uh, fucking TikTok, and Facebook. Because TikTok especially is only visually focused and there is an entire generation that is TikTok. Yeah. How is that not going to be a problem later on in life? Because well, here's the thing. Is they're not doing, they're not talking about photos. They're talking about video. Mm -hmm. That's different. Yeah. And, so, and uh, that algorithm on TikTok is something else. Oh, 100%. 
It yeah. is something And it's intentional. Else. And it's intentional. It's a Chinese-owned uh, company. There you go. Um, sorry, China. Not really. Um, <laughs> and what I mean by China is not China, but the, the people who uh, run the country. Um, so... <laughs> The results, interestingly enough, demonstrated a relationship between problematic internet use and narcissism at baseline. Time-lagged correlations demonstrated that problematic internet use at baseline was positively related to narcissism four months later, but did not vice versa for social media users whose use was primarily visual. This relationship did not hold for social media users who uh, who used it as primarily verbal. Mm. Um now, these results suggest that the problematic internet use may serve to discharge narcissistic personality traits for those who use social media in a visual lay- way, but not for those who do not engage in that form of internet use. Hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, major social media corporations have tried fixing this. Uh, one of the prominent ones that I can remember uh, is as Instagram did in removing their likes or hiding their likes in 2019. To they try didn't and focus, hide it for everybody. Well, to try and focus on individual expression rather than comparative or perceived popularity, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we shouldn't be individually utilizing that as our only form of expression. So, a shit-posting social site. Well, now... So they didn't remove it for every everyone. I think no. they beta tested it with a bunch of people. They only. They, I know they, they beta. Te- I know person. They they beta tested it with me. I haven't even been able to see like since 2019, on my personal Instagram. Yeah, account. but but again, what is but, that? Here's but the thing: is, what I does know that, that measure? you can you can now like I can't see them on anybody's. I can't see the I number see of likes. Mind. Yeah, see, it, it's I they, think you they can turn it off. Um, Pretty sure you can. You probably can now, but uh, I can't turn them on. Like I literally can't see how many people liked any posts. Um, Because I see that's all I see. I'm I'm, no, I haven't seen it in years. I'm obsessed with likes. I all I see is likes. Like if I look (laughs) at a post that has under fifty thousand likes, I disregard it. I know that you can you can definitely turn it off of individual photos. Like you can turn off comments, you can turn off likes, so that you you don't have to see them. Which whatever. Um, but I know. Personally, I haven't been able to see likes on anybody's photos but, for three years. But now. here's the here's the thing, though, is which I, has been fine. I don't. I care. think the problem is that doesn't really do anything, in my opinion, because it creates this cognitive dissonance in which if you don't see likes, that you're somehow not going to exhibit narcissistic qualities. That doesn't make any sense because you have this self awareness and understanding that if you have a 1.5 million followers, you'd probably think that all of your 1.5 million followers like your photo. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like this half. And this is uh, look. I'm going to go on a quick rant. For a second, this is the problem that I have with all this shit these days. With everything, is that it's not that I have a problem with the messages behind some stuff. It's that everything seems so half-assed. It's like it's like you, you want to. It's a prime example is uh, with um, with like going to a restaurant, right? If I go to a restaurant, you know, I want a decent experience. I don't want to be treated like a king. I think that's kind of silly. But I want a decent experience. I want my food to taste good. I want it to look okay. I want the people to be nice to me. I want to be nice to the people. But like. I've gone to restaurants where I've like been criticized for not leaving a tip every time. And it's like, well, you didn't really give me very good service. So I'm not going to leave you a tip. Like that doesn't make any sense. Some people make is they don't make a living wage. You're working at your job, but I'm not, I'm not the only person paying for that thing. That's like, that's like the argument. That's like, it's it's strangely an oddly manipulative argument because that's like me sitting down, walking into a car dealership um, and not buying a car. And before I leave the general manager coming out to me and saying, if you don't buy this car, my family will starve. That's not true. That's not true. It not true. Statistically not true. I think a lot of the problem that you see in a lot of places right now is that everything's more expensive. Still expected to do 15 to 20% tip. Mm -hmm. 
plus the service isn't as good. Well, it's not. And that's and not even that's not even technically the fault of the waiter that's that's how trying is it not the, the fault of the waiter. Well, if they're the only waiter working in a place that has 35 uh, different okay, tables. So I was a waiter for a period of time and I was one of two that worked the entire restaurant. Granted, it wasn't like a nice upscale restaurant mom and pop's place. Um, doesn't matter how busy we were. I tried my best to make it an enjoyable experience. I'm not saying that and, you didn't try your best. And, th- and that's my point is I, from being in that experience and understanding that experience, I understand the argument. I understand the argument of people not making X amount of dollars. I get it. I also understand it's abused to shit because people realize they can get things by manipulation. Um, and when it comes to, you know, certain experiences, if I go to a restaurant, you know, if you're, you know, rushed, that's okay. But there's a difference between being rushed and saying, okay, we've got a lot of people, you know, please bear with me. You know, thank you for coming in. Please bear with me. You might be a little bit of a rush and a little bit of a wait, right? There's a difference between saying that and then being outrightly, outwardly rude. There's no excuse for that. Um, same thing for anything. And and when it comes to this whole narcissist, narcissist discussion that we have, because now we're on a little bit of a tangent, um, I, I really think that people have an inability to, or maybe not that they have an inability, but maybe they choose not to uh, analyze themselves and listen to themselves and observe themselves and take time to meditate on that. And I know that that's kind of like a, a very broad ethereal statement, but there is some truth in that, right? Cause you know, if you want to become a better person in any area, you have to take some time to experience some level of pain, yeah. be it from a physical sense or from an emotional sense or from a intellectual and logical sense. It's like what, uh, and forgive me for naming this guy because I know he's not popular to some people. It's like with Jordan Peterson. He gave some good advice that I saw on, on, on Instagram. He said, you know, take some time to sit down on your bed and think about something that you could do that you would do, but that you're not currently doing. And that's kind of a little bit of a revealing nature there because people normally know what things that they struggle with. They just choose not to focus on them and thus they don't change them. Um, and I'm not, this isn't a come to Jesus moment. I have problems just like everyone else does. I'm probably a narcissist <laughs> just like everyone else is. We're all narcissists. Um, but I guess my whole point in bringing all this up and, you know, talking with you Beowulf um, and, and bull in spirit, he's sitting up there over on the, over on the shelf, just sitting there like an elf on the shelf. Uh, a bull, uh, a bull on a wall, a bull on a wall. Uh, no, I need to come up with a catchy phrase. Um, but uh, yeah, the whole point of bringing this up is really to to kind of get people to be um, or to bring the topic to people's forefront. Um, obviously, you know, everyone experiences things differently. We all experience narcissism to a different degree. Um, but I really think that the the better society becomes when it comes to you know, observing oneself and being aware of its faults. And in, when I say society, I mean individuals, the better we will all become, right? Because in order to change, in order things, for things to get better, we all need to make some adjustments and some changes. And it starts with you. It doesn't start with the person next to you. It starts with you. And I'm talking to myself right now. I'm looking in a mirror. Beowulf is left. I'm sitting here staring in a mirror because I'd love my image. <laughs> but but again, that, that that's, I, 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 I don't know. I don't even know how to end this anymore. Like, it's just like these conversations. You're like, you're Instagramming right now. She's 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 talking to all of her thousands of followers. Oh, yeah, my thousands of followers. Thousands. I've got like 10. Um, it's just, it's... No, I think I, to finish it off. There you go. How about that? Yeah. To finish it off, I think that a healthy... Um, a healthy amount of traits of narcissism can be good for in the sense of you don't hate yourself and you appreciate how you look in the mirror and you 
care enough about yourself to, you know, continue on with life, but also to remember that there's more to life than your reflection. Hey everyone, this is The Wolf speaking, wrapping up yet another episode of The Wolf and Bolt Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, the local bartender, your doctor, your boss, and hell, you can even tell us. By leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can directly help build the Wolf and Bull cult. I mean, uh, the Wolf and Bull family. We can be found on most major podcasting platforms and social media. So what are you waiting for? Scoot on out of here and enjoy your day. But you should probably leave us a review first. But make sure to enjoy your day. But don't forget to leave us a review. Okay, bye.